Hello, I'm Micah Woods, Chief Scientist at the Asian Turfgrass Center. Welcome to another ATC Double Cut, where we can talk about some turfgrass information, something that I've written about, posted on the ATC blog. Today is a good one. It's a slightly philosophical one about how we decide when and how intense to do various types of work. It's, it's about deciding when to mow, to irrigate, to top dress, to fertilize, that sort of thing, and how I think we can use the grass and the current playing conditions as feedback, or we, we respond to that to decide how and when to do maintenance work. I think it's important to be conscious of this, to make an active effort to pay attention to this, because otherwise it's easy to fall into a calendar-based program. And if you've listened to me talk or listened to, to this show very much, you may have heard me rant a little bit about not being a fan of the word program when it comes to turfgrass management. Because every site is a little bit different. Every day is a little bit different when it comes to the weather. Every day is a little bit different with how the course needs to be prepared or how the surface needs to be prepared if it's not a golf course. So we have all different kinds of surfaces that need to be prepared a little bit different in response to the weather, the time of year, and what's happening on the surface on that day. And I think a program doesn't quite adjust as much as it should. Now, I have a feeling that if you're listening to this or watching this, you may already be doing this, and I may be preaching to the choir a little bit about responding to what the grass is telling you. If you, if you are al already doing this, and if you think that I am preaching to the choir, I still think that those of us that are doing it this way are a little bit of an outlier in the turfgrass industry because I sense that a lot, well, not just sense, uh, that was a poor word choice. I'm certain, I know that a lot of work gets done in the turfgrass industry based on a calendar-based schedule or based on that work being proactive and that work being expected in a proactive way to cause some improvement in turf grass conditions in the future. That's the way that I used to recommend things. Um, maybe I still do to some extent. I know a lot of us learned in school or learned from textbooks or learned from seminars about a proactive way to manage turf. And I keep getting more and more interested in a reactive approach to greenkeeping, a reactive approach to turfgrass management. And in this blog post that I will discuss today, I want to explain a little bit how I am thinking of this. So I'll bring up this post that I called Working Backwards in Turfgrass Maintenance. So it's, it's kind of like being reactive and not being proactive. And I started it off by asking some questions. I said, here are some common questions about turfgrass management. How much fertilizer should I be adding at this time of year? 
How often should I ta top dress with sand? How often should I be verticutting? How much and what type of airification should I do? What should my mowing height be? These are all types of standard questions that anybody managing turf may ask themselves or people who are novices at managing turf sometimes ask to people like me. But the answer is not something that we really can easily take out of a textbook. I don't think a textbook is the place to find the perfect answer for this. What we can do is look at the grass. We can look at how the grass is performing and then we can look at the work that we have been doing and then we adjust it. So that's what I wrote about in this post that's called Working Backwards in Turfgrass Maintenance. I'm going to put a direct link to this in the show notes, in the description of this video, depending if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it as a podcast. And I'm going to mention also that this is a post that I wrote last month, and I'm just getting around to talking about it now, about uh, 31 days later, 32 days later, something like that. I find that I have a lot of things to write about, and I've been sharing a lot of things on the blog, and I want to remind you that you can get the blog delivered as an email on the same day that I make the new post. So if I put a new post on the blog, I've got a newsletter set up that will send you an email with the full text of whatever is new. And that is interesting to some people. There's um, almost 500 people around the world signed up to receive that. Now, not everybody is going to read the full text every time, but you can at least see what the topic is. And if it's interesting, you can read it. If it's not interesting, you can just say, okay, I know that he wrote about that. And you click the delete button and you don't read it. But I find a lot of people do open it and do read it um, because I try to write about interesting things. And I try to explain on this show why I think it was worth writing about and why it's worth paying attention to these topics. Anyway, in the description and in the show notes, I'll also put a link to the newsletter uh, subscription page where you can sign up to the ATC blog update if you would like to receive that. So those, uh, getting back to this post, those common questions about turfgrass management, how much fertilizer, how often should I verticut, what should my mowing height be, these are common questions. And even if we're managing turf at the highest level, we should still be questioning whether we are applying just the right amount of fertilizer. And if we are applying just the right amount of top dressing, and if the mowing height and mowing frequency are just right, because it would seem that we could always adjust it to tweak the conditions just a little bit to make them perhaps even better or to help to tolerate through a, uh, to keep the grass through, um, healthy through a heat stress period or something like that. So my idea with this post is to explain how I have recently been thinking about it. And I said that I really encourage turfgrass managers to work backwards to figure out the ideal answer for the grass at their facility at 
the time that they're asking that question. Because I don't think a programmed approach is going to give the ideal answer to any of those questions. A programmed approach can certainly give satisfactory conditions, average conditions, but to be as efficient as possible and to make sure that the work that's done is the necessary work and the work that is going to at any time produce the desired results, I think we need to consciously, actively pay attention to the grass, look at a few key measurements from the grass, perhaps, a few key measurements of the playing conditions, and then make the adjustments based on that. So working backwards, I said, how do you do that? And then I apologized because I said it's a bit of a philosophical post. I mentioned my previous writing about reactive greenkeeping being my preferred approach rather than proactive greenkeeping. And I'll put a direct link to that post also in the show notes because I think that's a short one, but it's a classic one for me. I wrote it, I, I published it originally on April Fool's Day some years ago, four or five years ago. And I, so I published it on April 1st. And I think I, I wrote in the first line of that something like, uh, you, um, I, I think I said, I finally got around to publishing this today. You can decide if I'm serious or not. But I was completely serious. However, to say that re being reactive is better than proactive has a bit of a negative impression or a negative connotation sometimes. But I really think that when we're working with living organisms, living, the soil is a biological entity, the, the plant is a biological entity, the weather is a physical entity that changes so much that we can think of it as being alive. So we're dealing with an environment in which the turf grass is being produced that is changing constantly. And I think um, if we think of being reactive rather than being proactive, it is a way that we can be very efficient. So I, I would, yeah, I, I would encourage us to think about doing it that way. And if you read this post, I hope you'll be able to follow my argument about why I think that being reactive to what the grass is actually doing at any time is a good way to do it. To consciously try to do it that way. So what I recommend, the working backwards part, is to evaluate the playing conditions. And I'll, I'll use golf as an example. So we'll evaluate the playing conditions and work backwards from that. If the greens are at the desired speed and smoothness, then we can keep doing whatever we're doing. I think we can look at the work that's being done and then look at the conditions that are being produced. And based on that, we can decide if we need to adjust anything or not. But if we don't measure the green speed and we don't measure the smoothness, then any work we do is being done based on a program or based on being proactive. It's not being reactive to what the speed and the smoothness are. 
I think it's, it's very clear that that has to be the case. Now, we can just say, okay, I'm satisfied with the greens. I don't know what the green speed is. It's just good enough. I don't know what the smoothness is. It's good enough. And that's a acceptable way to manage, but we can run into problems. And the types of problems that I can envision would be just assuming that the smoothness is okay, deciding I'm going to go vent the greens now. So we go punch millions of holes into the greens. And now the smoothness isn't so good anymore. And that work was done. Why exactly? What, what was that venting and all those holes punched into the greens done for? And I think people assume that that is essential work. People assume that punching all those holes makes the greens better. But if you actually look at what that does to the speed and the smoothness, I think one will typically see a small drop in speed when a whole bunch of holes get punched in the greens. And one will see a substantial decrease in the smoothness of the greens when a bunch of holes are punched into the greens. So my idea would be if the greens are at the desired speed and smoothness, keep doing what we're doing and don't go punch a lot of holes. Now, will we like the greens to be faster? In that case, we start looking at the things that could make the greens faster. Primarily would be finding ways to mow the grass shorter to get a lower mowing height. In order to safely get a lower mowing height, we also need to do things like perhaps reduce the growth rate. So we could use a, a plant growth regulator to do that. We could decrease the nitrogen fertilizer supply. That will generally slow the growth rate. One might increase the rolling a little bit. There's a number of things that can be adjusted based on the assessment of the green speed that it's not quite as fast as we want and then we want to increase it. I think of this as being reactive to the turf and I call it looking backwards. Let's look at what conditions we have now. Let's consider what we want the conditions to be like in the future. Let's look at the work that we're doing now, the work, the maintenance work that's being done and consider how that could be adjusted in order to move from the conditions that we have at the moment to the conditions that we would like to have in the future. So as I wrote it in the blog post, I said, the point is one can work backwards from the difference between the current grass conditions and the desired grass conditions to determine what adjustments should be made to the maintenance work. And I used examples of the making the greens firmer and all of that sort of thing. But this is, um, yeah, this is a philosophical one. And I, I just want to put this out there, which is that I think it makes sense to respond to the grass because I hear a lot of people, a lot of professional turf grass managers, they say growing grass is the easy part. And I think they're right because being a turf grass manager, golf course su superintendent, sports field manager, there are a lot of moving parts to that job. But there are a lot of things, the people management, 
the uh, budgets, the working, nobody ever has enough resources to do all the work that is necessary, and nobody has enough time to do all the work that is necessary. So it turns out that one aspect of the job, the growing the grass, that can be the easy part. And a lot of people feel that it is the easy part. And I don't disagree with that. But what I would encourage turfgrass managers to consider is that if growing grass is the easy part, then you can probably keep grass alive pretty well. You can keep 100% grass cover pretty well. And what I'm really interested in, because I just kind of take it for granted that professional turfgrass managers are going to be able to ma maintain 100% turf cover, but I want to fine tune it a little bit. I'm not only satisfied with 100% grass cover. That's the first thing that I'm looking for is that we don't have dead spots on, on the property. So the first thing I'm looking for is that we have 100% grass cover, but then I start looking at the playing conditions and the quality of the surfaces, the performance of the surfaces. And to fine tune that, I think we have to go beyond proactive programs and start looking backwards. We evaluate the grass condition we look at the work that we're doing to achieve that grass condition. We consider what type of conditions we want to have in the future and do the work that will then move the grass in that direction. And I think if we look at that and look at some key measurements that we can make, like on golf courses, which I'm using for an, an example, we can look at the firmness of the surfaces, the growth rate of the surfaces, the smoothness of ball roll across the surfaces, the speed at which a ball rolls. We can look at the organic matter content right at the surface of a putting green. And if all of those are in a desirable range, if those are the way we want it, then we can use this type of thinking to confidently avoid disruptive work because I have no doubt that if the surfaces are perfect, if the surfaces have 100% grass cover, they're at a satisfactory speed. If the bounce and roll of the ball is how we desire it, and if those surfaces are quite smooth, then I have no doubt that adding sand is going to disrupt that a little bit. And if we punch holes, whether those are venting or solid tine or sand injection or hollow core or any type of holes and disruption of that surface, cultivation of that surface, that is going to make the surfaces perform worse in the short term. And the question is, was it necessary? Now, I think that can all be quantified. And it can be quantified by measuring the organic matter, by keeping track of how much the grass is growing, by keeping track of the smoothness of the surfaces and the speed of the surfaces. It's not a tremendous amount of work to do, but I think 
I think it is a, I don't know if it's so innovative. I try to find the word. I don't know. It's a logical approach to me to do turfgrass management. So I included one grossly oversimplified example related to irrigation here. And I, I showed a picture of some newly laid sod at a golf course in Japan. This is some Zoysia japonica sod. And the question might be, okay, we've laid this sod. How much irrigation should we schedule? How much irrigation should be supplied? But that actually is not something that we can answer without looking at the turf. If we look at the turf, we can see that the sod has been laid right over the top of a sprinkler head. And so that irrigation is not going to be supplied evenly. And that um, the first thing to do is to make sure that the irrigation system is working properly. So while my typical answer to that question of how much irrigation should be supplied to this newly laid sod, it might be, well, let's put a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the afternoon and a little bit in the evening or at nighttime so that, you know, do that until the roots are well established. Let's say, wait until we have roots that go, I don't know, two or three inches, five or seven or eight centimeters down into the soil. And after that, let's cut back on the daytime irrigation and just water at night. That might be a standard answer to that question but it would be the wrong answer. Because in this particular case, we need to look at the grass and work backwards from what we see with the grass. And what we see with the grass is that the first thing to do would be to remove the sod that's covered the sprinklers. And only then could we start to apply the irrigation properly. Now that that is a obvious example, uh, an oversimplified example, but that's the type of thing that I encourage. Well, it's, it's the type of thinking that I encourage everyone to try to deliberately apply. I think that turfgrass managers, as they're in the business for longer and longer, growing grass becomes the easy part because that's their job. Professional turfgrass managers, they know how to grow grass. They, they, you know how to maintain 100% turf cover. But to get really efficient in optimizing the number of days in the year and with, in which, during which the playing conditions are really at the highest level, I think a fine way to approach this, a fine way to do it, would not to be doing this on a program, but it would be to try to consciously look at what the grass is telling you, look at how the grass is performing, and then try to adjust the work in that way. So I closed it by saying that's working backwards, that's being reactive, and I think this approach has a lot of advantages in optimizing turf grass conditions. So that is that is one that I would be very interested to hear from you if it makes sense. I I know some of you watching this or listening um, may be doing something like this. You may have ideas about how I could explain this even better. But I think 
I mean, the main point for me, and I, I guess I, I include here fertilizer, mowing, verticutting. It's questions that I get asked sometimes when I'm doing consulting. Um, I, I occasionally do a little bit of consulting, generally on golf courses, sometimes on other types of turf, and I will go to a site and we are look i'll be looking at the grass conditions with the turf grass manager and sometimes the turf grass manager will ask me the question about how much fertilizer should be applied in the future or what type of verticutting schedule might be employed that type of thing how much sand to put how frequently to apply sand top dressing to putting greens for example and i can say what is normal I can say what I understand to be the usual practice for that particular type of grass in that climate and what other people are doing. But I don't think that that's the right answer. And I always want people to figure it out for themselves. And it's not, it's not so difficult to figure out for yourself it's not like i'm just passing the buck and saying i don't want to answer that i'm just saying you could answer this question better than i can if you will simply consider how much nitrogen you're applying which gives some idea of how much the grass may grow into the future if you're measuring the clipping volume you know how much the grass is actually growing and how it's responding to your weather your nitrogen rate your soil nutrients and however much of plant growth regulators you may be applying. And you also may be monitoring the green speed, monitoring the firmness. So all of that is a huge amount of useful information that you can use to work backwards from that to come up with the answer yourself. And Many of the things that I write about on the blog or talk about on this show, things like the OM246, measurement of total organic matter, they give the type of answers that are, um, well, they give the type of data that give, um, they're very useful as decision-making tools. If you know how much organic matter you had at the start of the season, right at the surface, and then if you measure the organic matter again at the end of the season, and if you know how much sand you applied, and if you see the organic matter was unchanged, then you know that was the right amount of sand, assuming that you wanted to keep the organic matter unchanged. If you see that the organic matter has gone up, and you know how much sand you applied, and if you think that the surfaces got worse, that is... If they got worse in a way that would be affected by organic matter, which in this case would be um, uh, the surfaces got too soft or the surfaces got too wet, then you, would, you could think, okay, this tells me instantly that the quantity of sand that I applied last year wasn't sufficient to keep up with that amount of organic matter production. So all these things... To me, that's a much better approach than just saying, well, on average, people in this region on this type of grass type are typically doing two core aerifications, 
with this type of time size and spacing and they're applying this much sand because every golf course is different every irrigation water source is different everybody's using different fertilizers getting different growth rates different microclimates around a property and i think it's it's just so much better to take this reactive approach to take this looking backwards approach which uh, all of these things have i think they have a bad connotation that that looking backwards could somehow be better that being reactive could somehow be better but i think that they are so if if you disagree with me and think i've gotten it wrong i would love to hear from you about that and i can have a very civil uh, discussion about it. Um, I don't think we would argue too much. So <laughs> uh, send me a note, send me an email or uh, contact me somehow and let me know if I've gotten it completely wrong. If you agree and think that I could explain this better, or if you've got other examples, I'd love to hear those also. And um, yeah, I think that's that's about it for this one. I I do need to uh, record a whole bunch of more episodes because I uh, I've been blogging, I've been writing the blogs faster than I've been talking about them. But I don't want to make this one too long. I just want to focus on this particular philosophical topic. So I'll share that one for now, and I will be back again soon with another. ATC double cut where I discuss these topics. If you're listening to this as a podcast, which you can do on all the major platforms, I would appreciate if you would follow. If it's on Spotify, you can rate it with some stars. If it's on Apple Podcasts, I think you can leave a written review, which would be awesome, uh, or rate it. I, that really helps other people who are who might be interested in these kind of topics too, uh, to, to find these shows. And if it's on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and follow, click the bell to get notified when I have new episodes coming up. I've got a lot of interesting things to talk about. And some of them you'll be happy to know are not so philosophical and not so abstract. So I hope that my little monologue here today has been uh, understandable and uh, that it's not not too boring. I always wonder sometimes when I'm just talking to myself about philosophical things, about greenkeeping, if I'm uh, the only person or just a group of a few people in the world who's interested. And I guess if you're one of those other few people in the world who's interested in these things, you're probably listening to this show. So for that, I say thank you very much. I am just back from Denmark where I attended the International Turfgrass Research Conference. I've got plenty more to share about that in the future. But for now, I'll sign off from eight, uh, 4ATC from Yantikau, Thailand. I'm Michael Woods.